0: Welcome to another episode of Squad Academy with Dakbal and Adosa, where we share stories of African innovators and investors. This week, we spoke with Uzo Ume, who is the co founder of El Padrino, Tsukasa, and EXP Lagos. Uzo, who is often referred to as a Taco lady, was raised in LA in the United States, where she picked up her love for food as a kid. This passion led her to become the general manager. Of Chick fil A and Palladio Pizzeria before deciding to relocate to Nigeria in 2017 to pursue her dream of starting her own food business. After several deliberations, she decided to launch a Mexican restaurant called El Padrino with her little twist on it. All food materials and ingredients would be sourced locally in Nigeria. El Padrino, which is now seen as a lifestyle, has managed to build a loyal fan base through the pop-ups and well-known Taco Tuesdays. Last year, during the pandemic, Uzo launched Tsukasa, which is a software that provides tips on how to make several dishes. Uzo's ultimate dream is to transform the experience of residents and visitors in Nigeria. That's why the idea of EXP Lagos came natural to her. EXP Lagos is a chance to experience a good nightlife in Nigeria's largest city, Lagos, while maintaining the originality and the feel of what it takes to be Nigerian. Customers pay a flat fee, and they get to drive around in a classic bus, known as the Danfo, while visiting several areas like clubs, bars, what you name it, in the city. We brought Uzo on the podcast to share her story on how she got started and what her experience has been like so far as an entrepreneur in Nigeria.
1: But yeah, th- thank
2: you.
0: Okay, but yeah, th- thank you so much, User. I, I was just, I was saying, Melissa. I, I guess imagine I wouldn't like I'm to go too far. I I just kick off by asking you how Wi-Fi makes doing business so hard in Nigeria. But
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how, how what? How what?
0: Wi-Fi makes business makes doing business in Nigeria so hard.
2: Man, man, I just like an let's operation. put it this way. I got right. It's dude. I I just okay. Let's put it this way, right? I have this little POS system. Mm-hmm. Got myself a little like receipt, you know, receipt printer. Got the little iPad. You know, trying to connect this whole thing so that I can, you know, like automate my order processing, right? Mm-hmm. And um, we haven't been able to find a good enough Wi-Fi, and literally wow. like. 18 months to fit in this location that we're at. We actually, what we do now is we just tell people to come in, check the wifi first before we like purchase it. And so far, all the technicians that we found that come through from any company, they're like, um, this is not the best location for this Wi-Fi." You know, so literally um, not even having good wifi is one of the things that is like a bottleneck in my daily operations, you know? So it sucks, man. I was telling EDOSA. The whole reason I stayed at home was because I have fiber optics at home. But uh I guess I don't because it's not working right now, you know. So wow. that's wow. Uh, that's Nigeria, man.
0: Wow. But yeah, thanks. Thanks, thanks for finally uh being here with us. Um and yeah, I mean, I'm Dapo Money, um Editor's partner in Squad. And awesome. it's nice to meet you. Nice that, to meet
2: you, Dapo.
0: Nice to meet you as well. Likewise, likewise. And for those who don't know you, who don't know who you are, you just mind. Um, you just introducing yourself.
2: All right. Uh well my name is Uzo Amaka Ume. I go by Uzo Ume. Uh people call me the Taco Lady, and I am the founder of a Mexican restaurant called El Padrino. I talk a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean
0: you're, you're that's, really so, co-
2: that's basically it.
0: You're also the co-founder of the Lagos, right? I think that's that's the name.
2: Yes, yes. I'm also the co-founder of EXP Lagos. I also have a, a pre-startup right now called Sukasa, which is stemming off of Alpajillo. Yeah. So those are my those are my three things. Um, I bring people together, whether using food or you know events and experiences. But I'm very passionate about bringing people together, and whatever vessel I can use to make that happen, then I will.
0: Nice, nice. Thank you, thank you. And I'm actually curious because. Um, I think I was reading something about you, and so you—you actually grew up in the U.S., right? I mean, you weren't weren't born and raised in Nigeria, were you?
2: Yeah. Well, I was born in Nigeria, and I left Nigeria after I turned thirteen. So I—I do—I did grow up in the U.S. Really, because my child—my childhood here was basically going home, you know, coming back and playing with my siblings or the neighbors. There's not much that I, you know connect to other than my upbringing and with my nuclear family. I don't know if that makes sense, right? Like, I don't really know what it means to be a Nigerian child other than my my family. You're just school Um, and and home, exactly. Exactly. You know, it's school and home. So, I, I found it I found it really unfair when I first, you know, tried to move back and people would say, eh, but you grew up in Nigeria. And I'm like, what does that mean? Because all I remember is playing hide and seek with my twin brother, you know, and seeing my uncles. And I, I know what it means as an Igbo woman, you know, yeah. but I didn't really know and I still, you know, struggle with what it means to be a Nigerian anyways. You know, so um, yeah, I grew up in the States, middle school, high school, college, and you know, life. I mean, that is my home, right? I'm I'm both mm-hmm you know, a, a citizen of Nigeria and America. So um yeah, I, I grew up in the States and I'm very much, you know, an American, an American as I am a Nigerian.
0: Nice. What's that in the US?
2: A California man. Cali baby. Oh, California. Wow. California.
1: <laughs>
2: California. Okay. Prague, you know, West Coast the best coast. We know this.
1: <laughs> loud and proud. Loud and proud. Loud and proud. That's nice. That's nice. What
2: do you say?
0: Just loud and proud. Okay. Loud and loud awesome. and proud.
2: Thank you. Okay. Always,
0: okay. always. Nice, nice. Um, so, I mean, what, what was life? I mean, what was life like back then? I mean, California, growing up. I mean, what was that like?
2: That was. It was interesting. It was interesting. Actually, that did, that that question just sent uh, chills down my spine because no one's ever asked it like that. It was interesting. It was interesting. I. That's up, what we do on Discord. Okay. <laughs> see, I see you, Endosa. I see you. <laughs> Um, you know, it was interesting. I grew up, you know, as a middle class uh, uh, person in Nigeria, right? I didn't grow up with too much, but I didn't lack anything. And, you know, I had the best in education and, um, I was happy with my upbringing, and then, you know, when I went to the States, I realized, you know, how much my dad was struggling to ensure that I had that middle-class life in Nigeria, you know, so I really grew up in a working-class family when I went to the States, and um, it it was crazy, you know, going from, you know, being almost You know in high school here and then being a different person in high school in nigeria in america you know so when you're here and you're bald and all your classmates are bald you don't realize like it's weird right like and then you go to america and everyone has long blonde hair and you're bald (laughs) you know so so it's you know your your reality starts to change a little bit so it wasn't the easiest it wasn't the easiest you know i think you know as uh lifestyle change and i think Mm -hmm. it wasn't the easiest culturally but uh over time you know i really i really loved the idea of being an american right and this Mm -hmm. idea that my dad really instilled in like anything is possible you know and so growing up in america I started off a little bit rough but by year two you know we were in it and you know I just, I really just started believing that I could fly. And that's one of the reasons, you know, if there's any reason why America is the greatest country in the world, it's because we are sold the idea that anything, you know, you want to achieve, you can Even if you can't really, but you're sold that idea. And I think that idea goes a long way, you know, and that really shaped my entire life. Wow.
0: Wow. Okay. 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 Um, So, I know you... I know you reference your dad a lot. So, I mean, is your dad, like, a key part in in who you are today? Or is it like, a role model? Like, is is he, like, someone you really respect a lot? Because I I know you reference him a lot.
2: I do. I do. I reference my dad a lot, you know, but also... I'm not any closer to my dad than I am to my mom. Right. They just represent two different kinds of closeness. So I tell people like my mom is the person that I have the best small talk with. It blows everyone else's mind, you know, so I don't bring her up a lot, but my dad is the guy that, you know, I I do talk to a lot about business and I, I grew up with my dad. You know, that's mostly what I grew up around is kind of looking at the world as an investment. And literally I grew up with my dad telling us that like we were his investment. Right. And, um, the better of an investment you were, the more focused you got, right? So Mm -hmm. we really grew up looking at life as an investment and, you know, you reap what you sow. So I bring up my dad a lot because um, he, he, he structured the way that I look at the world. And from an early age, I started looking at the world as Business or as a platform, you know, and so yeah, yeah, I'm very close to my dad. He's a role model. Um, he, you know, has did business my whole life. I mean, I went to America at 13. I can only imagine that my dad was probably about, you know, maybe 45 then. Um, he was yeah. a taxi driver, and by my sophomore year, ending of my sophomore year, my dad bought his first town car. You know, and from that town car, he grew into, you know, one of the, you know, best transportation companies in Long Beach, you know, over the span of like six to seven years, right? So here's a guy, you know, with five kids still, you know, building businesses, still making it happen. And like, I mean, what's a better role model than that, right? Like you just watch your dad go from a taxi driver to a businessman all by his doing. You know, so, yeah. Yeah. And my mom was also doing it the same way in Nigeria. Right. But in her own way, my mom was building communities. Right. My mom is the person that even if she's in the U.S., you know, she's running the meetings of her, of her church, you know, whatever, <laughs> the town halls, you know, village, whatever. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, you know, I think I get that community building from my mom. Um, but I definitely get, you know, looking at the world um, as a business from my dad.
1: Killing it from both sides. So, no, 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 exactly. now, jumping, jumping into El Padrino, right? Um, you, you kind of made a move that I did as well, so similar to mine. And I'm always curious in everybody's mindset for that. What was the decision? I mean, you went to the US at 13. What was the decision to come back? What was that thought sort of process like? What convinced you of wanting to come back to Nigeria? It was El Padrino that pushed you back, or was it just a desire to come back? And El Padrino was born out of that desire
2: damn squadron coming through with the questions <laughs> um <laughs> i love that i love it um so well nowadays i tell people that you know maybe there was someone in my village with a voodoo doll that was calling me back you know because <laughs> we're on the same page <laughs> <because this> country, <laughs> you know you feel me this because this country this country is like you be here and you're like why am i here again
1: you Man. know but, <laughs>
2: No, but, but actually, actually you know, actually, originally it was um, it was really that 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 pullback uh, when I was graduating college, I got a job offer from a cousin and it seemed a bit crazy. I took it, then I rejected it. And the following year, I still had this desire to come back. And, you know, I remember my uncle, who is a priest, you know, was talking to me and he's like, man, this is the second year, you know, you're trying to go back to this country, like, and there's no reason why, right? You left there so young. And he just said, you know, something's calling you back home. And I think, you know, you should, you should answer it. And I did, I did. And so there was just a pullback, you know, to come here. Um, It was going to be the first time I would get a job using my degree. So it was also exciting, right? I was getting this big girl job, team development, Branding and communications. And mm. I came back here, and it was here that I saw the opportunity for food and for El Padrino.
1: Oh. Ah, so, that, that, so it happened in that order, right? You wanted to come it, back yes. first, then. Okay, yeah. But I left. Impressive. I mean, you
2: know, I, I left. I, I came back. I wanted to come back, and, you know, it was six months of realizing that all I knew of Nigeria was my childhood i didn't know what it was like to be an adult in lagos right like Mm if there's so much social you know microaggressions that you know you don't Mm -hmm. know about you know if you don't grow up here same way Mm -hmm. would be for you if you didn't grow up in the states right so socially i struggled really hard in the workplace because the work environments here were not similar to like what i was used to in the Mm -hmm. states you know like i wasn't used to eating lunch and then you know excusing myself to the bathroom mm-hmm. and really needing to close my close my lunch and it you know move it away and it's like you know i wasn't used to like you know I, I wasn't used to like people assuming that you think you're better than them because you have an accent you know and, and it's like this is not even an assumption that you have right so the microaggressions yeah. were really intense for me um and so i left but I left with the idea of bringing up Adreno back to Nigeria because I saw the opportunity and mm-hmm. I realized why I was being called home.
0: Yeah, oh, that's, oh my, that's actually very interesting. Because sorry, just because uh, I think about that and I think about that and I, I look at Exp Lagos right, which is kind of like uh, a chance to explore Lagos, although it's like a one night thing, um, but a chance to just explore Lagos, and so yeah, it kind of it kind of goes together the fact that you came back, you had the experience. So you're trying to like create this experience for those who also want yeah. to explore Lagos. So yeah. that, that makes a lot of sense.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I, and you know, it's just, again, it's, it's the desire, people ask you, you know, why did you want to become an entrepreneur? And I tell people, you know, I never did it because I wanted to be my own boss. Like I'm actually a very good follower. Generally, yeah. I enjoy, I enjoy working for people. But my biggest, um, th- my biggest problem is I also, you know i'm impatient in seeing what i want right like if mm. i want something to happen i usually share ideas you know and i think mm-hmm. i even share some ideas with Adosa. i'm like yo somebody yeah. needs to do this idea you know and if i get if i get passionate about about an idea enough and no one is doing it i'll just do it you know and it, it won't mm. be because um to prove a point it would just be i want to create something for a me solution, and yeah. first yeah and and you know exp lagos really was coming out of that it was you know first of all, trying to like show parts of Lagos that aren't completely mainstream, you know, but also okay. kind of show people kind of show people that like, you know, we really can explore, we really can activate a city in a beautiful way. You know, and that's what it was. I was already having a for I was doing First Friday pop ups with El Padrino. Right. Mm-hmm. And my business partner, you know, was also trying to create this like um, he was trying to create like a, a weekend you know, tour, but it just wasn't clicking. It wasn't clicking. And we were mm-hmm. wondering, you know, why wasn't this thing clicking? And it was by understanding why both of our ideas weren't matching separately and bringing mm-hmm. the solution together, which is, OK, we activate this. Not for the business, like, not for El Padrino, not for, you know, nothing to do in Lagos, but really, like, we activate this the way we want to enjoy the city with our friends. And that's what mm-hmm. we did. And that's why we keep it inexpensive, right? I sell things to people that I want to buy myself, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, exploring Lagos is really, again, going back to bringing people together. And it, it came out of, from El Padrino, you know, I came back to do El Padrino, and now I'm doing EXP as well. you know, And, and I think that's what uh, taking risk is all about. Awesome.
1: Very good point. If you could walk us through Pardino real quick, just like the, the high-level business of what that entails. I think our listeners probably understand the restaurant, restaurant business pretty fairly, but a, restaurant, a Mexican restaurant business in Lagos, one of the first for that matter. Could you walk us through yeah. the, that business?
2: Um, I came back to you know, build... What I will shamelessly say would, was gonna be like the Nigerian El Padrino, you know, Nigerian Chipotle, you know, and okay. um, that, that that's what I came back, you know, to do, and it's not what I am going to build anymore, um, and it's not even what the El Padrino story is, but it was nice to have that framework, and so yeah. when I came back, I had you know people that were interested in building that with me, but thankfully. I don't surround myself with yes men, you know, and mm-hmm. one of my investors and my mentor actually, you know, he said this thing you're trying to do, um, unfortunately, like, you know, people don't know it. It's not about if people can't afford it. It doesn't matter if people can afford something, mm-hmm. they need to know it so they can know what they're buying. And that was the most important advice that I got. It came with a lot of, um, sadness and disappointment because I, it was the first time I realized I wasn't going to be able to build a restaurant that I wanted to. Um, but when I came back and I heard that, I decided to teach people about Mexican food, um, which is now a model that I plan to do with almost anything that I do. Um, because you learn from people, right? Yeah. So yeah. there were so many things that we wanted to do then, enchiladas. There were so many things that we wanted to do then. And every year, it just kept becoming, becoming more apparent people don't know tacos people don't know tacos Mm -hmm. and we just spent our first year educating people and that meant selling tacos at whatever price people wanted to buy it for a party Um, that meant showing up at the most random places throughout you know the country and at some point the continent just to sell the food um and so we i would say for the last four years have really just been trying to prove a concept that's what this Mm. is you know and so yeah you're right people know what it's like to you know start a restaurant or whatever but people don't know what it entails to a convince somebody to try a new cuisine and b Convince somebody that they should buy it on a daily basis, mm-hmm. right? When mm-hmm. the food that they're surrounded by is so good, Nigerian food is so good, um, and yeah. and and now that we've found, you know, product market fit, it's the best feeling in the world, right? Because people are no longer asking me what is a taco, um, which which they did for almost two years. People are now yeah, asking, yeah. you know, hey, like I've heard about this thing, but I've never tasted it, right? And um, mm. yeah, I don't know if that answers your question, adosa but really, it was just at a high level. Creating a new cuisine in a new country just entails a lot of education and a lot of education. patience. And a lot yeah. of patience, right? And people, and it happens with everybody, right? It happens with your investors. It, people will not see the vision, right? People can say, yeah. oh, yeah, you know, I get what you're trying to do. But what about if you, and you're like, no, I'm not here to sell jollof rice. I'm here to sell Mexican <laughs> red rice. And there's a difference, you know? So it, at, at a high level, I don't really know. Um, what to say other than, you know, introducing a new cuisine is just a lot of patience and education and, and money, right? You have to, because exactly. education doesn't make you, education doesn't make your money back instantly, <laughs> right? It takes, it, it takes time. It's something yeah, that you right. say, I'm sure, I mean, I'm introducing this person to this cuisine in the hope that in about two years, they will want to buy it. And literally some people, it's taking them two years to try up Adreno.
1: Huh. I know, so so I, I like that because it's almost like you're building the infrastructure. I mean, people say that a lot about Africa in general, that doing business in Africa is like, bring your own infrastructure. So if you want to yeah. build a refinery, build your own pipeline, build your own fence, yep. build your own security. Yep. So if you want to do a taco yep. business, you kind of build your own education system. We yep. have to kind of yep. educate your future customers
2: <laughs> in yep. that
1: way. And so to so some extent, you've kind of gone past that, right? You still do education, but at the same time, there's a good level of people that know that. What do you think is like yes. the next, are you now in, crazy growth stroke expansion sites or what's your what are what are you looking at right now for us next phase?
2: Man, it feels so good to say this. You know, it feels so good to say it and 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 mean it and know that it's true, you know, but we're so we're so ready for growth. Like we're we're actually, you know, if man, if we were drug dealers right now, there would just be <laughs> so much more demand than there is supply. You know, like it's the only, I, all I can think about is like biggie, you know? And, yeah. and it feels so good. I'm not going to shy away from that. You know, I'm not going to shy sure, away you should speak it. yeah.
1: Yeah, it's important. Yeah,
2: Yeah. you know, because, because I, I remember literally when, you know, I was talking to somebody earlier this year, much earlier this year, and they said to me, you know, you found product market fit. And I was like, holy cow, you know, like I have been Mm. writing this in business plans, you know, and it's crazy when you actually get there. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, we're getting ready. We're getting ready for growth. Um, We are overly ready for growth. And actually we are in a... dangerous place for growth because we need to move, um, you know, quickly and kind of like capitalize on all this education Mm -hmm. before the wrong people do it. Um, I'm not really worried about competition because I do know that the more people that enter this space, the easier it is gonna be for us to prove ourselves right. Um, But, you know, to some extent we are, because we are small, Any short-term setback right now could harm us, right? So we need to keep capitalizing on this. So we're building capacity. We're building capacity. I started this year with two staff, and you know, right now I'm I'm at nine. You know, including myself, it's me plus eight. You know, and Mm -hmm. to kind of see that, and realistically, we we could use more hands, but we can't even get them in the space that we don't. We don't even have enough space in our kitchen anymore. You know, so. yeah, so we're in, a, we're in a good space. And, uh, you know, we're, we're in a space where we're getting, you know, global recognition. Um, we are going to the U.S., California, for pop-ups uh, in July, oh, wow. which is so heavy okay. for me, you know. And okay. it's like, man, California makes the best tacos. And to go out there and exhibit my tacos or our tacos using only Nigerian ingredients, man, we're, we're pumped. And, you know, and there are some people, investors out there also, who have yeah. kind of peeped out, you know, and are also saying, okay, like, what is it? You know that you're trying to do because the way we are planning to even grow this business into you know a 2,000 employee business in the next 10 years wow. it's not gonna be the traditional way because it was never built the traditional way right it's not I've, I've had to come to the terms terms of the fact that like yes you can see some similarities in this business and other businesses but really the only way to compare El Padrino would be to compare El Padrino to a Starbucks this is a guy who took coffee who was bland and made it into a lifestyle how mm-hmm. do you value that mm-hmm. from where you're sitting Right, And exactly. so this is where we are. Um, and sometimes the people that see that value might not be in Nigeria. Some of them are sitting somewhere in California. Some of them mm-hmm. are sitting somewhere in Texas. You know, and we have people, this is, everything that we have is in tech, right? So I have data, we have reviews, we have inquiries. And we have people in, you know, in America, all over America, that are sending us messages, you know, almost on a weekly basis now saying, bro, when can we try your food on this side of the world? And it blows my mind, because I'm like, wait, what? You're sitting in California and you're telling me, yo, I'm trying to try some of your tacos. You know, and so, um, yeah, this is where we are. We're growing and um, we're, we're definitely doing all that we can to protect consistency. And, you know, we're really getting ready to kind of build our next playground, you know, and take this uh, take this thing to the next level.
0: Wow. Whoa. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I know the, the listeners are not on this call, but Uzo's energy is crazy. Like, I'm just...
2: I'm I'm
0: <laughs> no, no, I absolutely love it. Like, it's just... Your, your story is really impressive and just the more I hear about Padrino, honestly, like I'm just so excited for where this goes. Um, but I'm, I'm just curious. I, I have a lot of questions, but I'm just curious. Why did the name El Padrino? How did that come about? That's my favorite. Uh,
2: <laughs> so, uh, there's an unofficial and unofficial reason. I'll tell you the unofficial reason. There is a Jay-Z song called Head of the Family. Um, okay. And that song goes, head of the family, el padrino. Welcome home, to Emery. Let's get back to this narrow. <laughs> and you know, and the first time, and Jay Z is my favorite rapper and you know other than my family members my favorite human being and i remember hearing that song actually the album came out when i was in nigeria that first time you oh. know uh, working in investments and that song came on and that, that that word gave me chills you know and i looked it up and i was like oh my god the godfather you know mm-hmm. and so um when it came time to do this business you know so so basically when it came time to do this business i just remember thinking at that time i was like you know, I'm going to call this business El Padrino. Why am I going to call Mm. this business El Padrino? Because we are going to lead the fresh food business, like the fresh, fast, casual, like industry in Nigeria. That's why I did it. I wanted to just lead that that movement. And I just felt like no one is more important. No one is more important in the family than the godfather. And it sounds crazy, but it's like, literally the idea of a godfather, choosing somebody to take care of your family when you die that's even almost more important than you. Like, you got to keep that person alive <laughs> more than you because if you exactly. die and that person dies, you know, it's kind of like everyone's screwed, you know? So, yeah, so I just remember, you know, thinking that and I was like, I want to lead this movement and uh, the padrina was the one that was going to do it.
1: Nice, nice. Yeah. Uzo, if I want to talk about something else, I'm taking a step back from growth to back to building again. Nigerians talk a lot about uh, or rather what I've seen between the, one of the best companies in Nigeria and some of the not so good is the effort that goes into team building. You, know, you talk about your team size earlier on. And um, so some people really take it very serious. Some people underestimate it and pay for it later on. Some people say it's just impossible that we can't train Nigerians. Forget about it. What's your views on building your team from scratch?
2: Well, I think all of those people are right, you know? <laughs> everybody's always right and wrong in their own ways, right? No, everyone's always right and wrong in their own ways. I was lucky because I was a general manager at 20 24 25, 24, 20, 24 yes 24 to 26 and um, i had to manage people young old you know in california and also i was lucky because i started working at a young age i think the biggest problem we have in nigeria is the fact that we overemphasize education and we underemphasize experience so we mm-hmm. have a lot of people that go to school and they get their 4.0s and the 5.0s in their first class and da 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 and they've been cramming but they've never worked right so you think about yeah. the fact that most Americans we start working when we're young. my official job, you know, I started working at 14, but I when I could actually yeah. work was 16. I worked in a restaurant 16. at 16. Oh, wow. Now when you yeah. go into a restaurant at 16 Ain't nobody looking at you as a baby. You're working with people's mothers, people's fathers, people's brothers. Like you Mm -hmm. start learning at an early age, especially if you're with the right company. My first job was with In-N-Out, which is still the greatest company in the world, right? And I started early on to learn about customer service. I started early on to learn about team teamwork. We are so competitive here. Like everything, up until you graduate in Nigeria, is designed for competition right like yeah. so you so you you look at these people and it's like first of all i've had the pleasure of interviewing on a corporate level and an everyday skill level and Sometimes I even think with the corporate level, it's worse, right? Because with mm-hmm. working class families in Nigeria, what you see is some of these people, they, may, they might have had to be servers in college, right? They might have had to pick up side jobs during holidays, you know? Um, and so I don't think that it's irreparable, but I understand why people would have frustrations with Nigerians. What I have, that, what I have though found, though, what I found, sorry for stuttering a bit, is yeah. um, something that Ben Horowitz, what's his name? Ben Horowitz from... Uh, I don't know if you've ever read the book, Hard Things About Hard Things. That's one of my favorite books, right? And Ben Horowitz says people, products, um, people, products, and profits in that order, right? And it's something that I I learned when I was a general manager, and it's something that I take to heart now, you know, as a a CEO, I guess. Um, I do anything and everything I can to create an environment that is conducive and enjoyable to work at. I do it for myself, right? You realize a lot of people that have issues with their workers in Nigeria don't work with them, right? So I'll give you an example. For three years, I have been um, struggling with... Can, can you guys hear me? Yeah,
1: yeah, a lot of
2: okay awesome so for three years i had been struggling with like you know the work schedule and i will confess like most people in nigeria um my staff were working six days a week and they were doing it very well very very well right it was like this until covid um then we took a break or whatever then we come back and i run a very lean team i tell people i hire hard but i fire easy so if Mm. i can do your work i don't need you working for me you know so i I run a very lean team which is why it's so interesting that we're we've grown this much now and um i came back in october last year and i started working with two of my you know the remaining staff that I had okay. so we're building we're building we're building and we're going and you know each of us at some point is falling sick not COVID but we're falling sick whether someone is you know exhausted or whatever because we were growing right and um I just realized like I had spent three years trying to I, I was I was I was trying to say okay one day one day my people can work like we live in California we'll get five days a week one day one day mm. and I just woke up one day and I was like no there is no one day It has to start now Right. So we're probably one of the few, if not the only restaurants in um, Nigeria that work, that full time is five days a week, just like a corporate job. Right. Because it's like I need but But, you know, that in itself says something to a Nigerian worker. Right. It means that, like, yo, I will do anything to protect your asset. Now, at a small business, we are still kind of like a micro, you know, micro SME or whatever. But I just give, you know, all of my full time staff health insurance. Right? Not a lot of restaurants will do that, not even in the States, you know? So, and, and, and and so I, I'm teaching my staff about investments. They do fixed deposits, you know, and we are working on equity scheme. We're working on equity schemes for our employees within the El Pedrino ecosystem. And they know about this, right? So, um, for me, you know, I create an environment. My work culture is on three F's. It's fun, focus, and friendliness. I don't care who you are. Going to work every day is tedious, no matter how much you love what you do, right? But if you create an environment that is fun, people want to show up there. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't feel like work to them. But, I, exactly. but, but realistically, if you run an environment that is only fun, you will run your business to the ground, right? So there's yeah. no fun without focus. And you think about how much life is easier when you're organized, right? So you have to teach your, your staff that, like, yo, we can keep having fun. But the only way to keep having fun is if we stay focused. And once they understand that, and then you add the other F, which is friendliness, right? And it's like, yo yeah customer service to other people but like yo we gotta be friendly to each other for us to even like make this place fun or for us to even want to keep our focus so i've for me i did that in the states and last year i realized there was nothing holding me back from creating that environment the way that i want to in nigeria so if i meet an investor that says but uzo you know you can make more money if these people showed up on the sixth day. I would mm-hmm. just say to that investor, you're not my person that I'm looking for because you need to understand why I need to protect these people's assets, which is their body and their mind and their souls and whatever else, you know? So I think for me, um, it's, it's treating my staff like they're not doing me a favor treating them like they're the most important assets to this business and um the people that get that they stick around we have like an 80 percent retention rate for our employees most of my employees are kind of day ones um okay. and also you know the way i treat my staff is the way that we treat the profits and the products
0: wow that's actually very impressive <laughs> really impressive um so there are two things i took away from that right the fact that you put a lot i mean you put a lot on your team I mean, in the sense that you respect, you have like a, a high level of respect for those who you work with. You're very intentional with the kind of people you hire. And, and, and that is very key to where uh, El Padrino is today. So yes. just to just take it back a little bit. So, I mean, you talked about your team and the fact that you run a very lean business, which kind of makes sense. Um, but just to take it back to last year, right? COVID, um, with, I mean, we, I mean, the fact is COVID hit a lot of, pretty much hit every single nation on, on this, on, on this planet, um, brought a lot of countries to its knees. Um, what was that like for, cause I'm I'm curious, what was that like for El Padrino? in the sense that did you have to lay off your workers and know the kind of relationship you have with your, um. With your staff what was that like how how did that affect your business and what does that look like for you now post-covid and and, and as the economy starts to reopen and, and get back to fully being operational yeah
2: yeah um COVID was covet was tricky for us uh, it was it was a very we signed a new lease um and you know i paid for rent at my house and a new kitchen um on march march 9th i believe was when i paid for everything and so you know that's a lot of capital to put in Mm -hmm. i bought a lot of equipment for the new space um so we were i mean we were almost at you know zero right we had just done everything that we needed to to start this business back up at a new location and then covid really hit that same march Mm -hmm. so nigeria closed its airports on the 23rd, which is literally two weeks after our new location. And um, there was a lot, you know, a lot of people had to make quick decisions um, during COVID, right, and I, because of my experience, I just remember the first thought going through my head, which is, Every restaurant needs cash flow, right? And if I can't have, you know, catering or if I can't have Taco Tuesday, which at that time were like my biggest cash flows, mm-hmm. then you know, I don't have anything. And so I took the decision to close. I just, I was like, we're gonna close indefinitely. And you know, I, I told my team, I'm like, I'm not gonna pay you. Um, you know, I pay them on the twenty-fourth. So literally we close on the twenty-third, I pay them on the twenty-fourth, their full salary. And then it's really like I'm at zero, right? And I'm like, okay, what are we gonna do? Um my nuclear family lives in the States. So, you know, being the last born and being the only one in Nigeria while the world was ending Mm -hmm. did not sound so good, you know? So the, the, the idea of getting evacuated was also brought up, but I didn't want to feel like I was running away. Right. Because I didn't want to run away. I just, it was just like, I had to leave because of my family. And, um, the whole time I just kept telling my team, I didn't know what we're going to do. And believe it or not, man, mid air, mid air evacuating, um, was when I came up with the idea of a pivot. And so I thought about something that we wanted to do down the line, which is, you know, sell local produce, right? Because we use very high local produce and a lot of Nigerians of the upper middle class still use a lot of imported produce. So it was something that I thought we would do at El Padrino five years down the line. But I just said, you know, I, can't, you know, I told everyone, I was like, I don't know what you're going to do. And these are people, like I'm telling you, these are day ones, right? So you're looking at people that you consider your co-founders and you're just like, bro, I have no plan. I'm sorry. And um, so the idea just came up that why don't we just sell these groceries? People with the lockdown happening, with COVID, people are going to want to you know, have access to high-quality produce. Mm-hmm. And so you know, we pivoted and we started Sukasa. And I just told my staff, I was like, we're going to have to fund this from the money that we make from it. Right. And, um, basically, you know, you're, you're going to be paid daily. You know, the days that orders come in, you'll get paid your daily rates. And, uh, you know if it works it works if it doesn't it doesn't um unfortunately there was only one casualty to that we only lost one team member and I don't think it was a loss she she is still very much like a part of our family I think Mm. she herself pivoted you know she's now in culinary school she has her own catering business um it's beautiful so the two and I would actually call them and check in throughout you know the six months that we were closed and I would say hey you know are you guys applying for jobs like what because it was also a good time to understand what people's interests were right like if this restaurant is not open what would you you do you know and so um it was six months of daily you know they were making guacamole they were making tortillas we created taco kits there was a lot of ideas for El Pergino that started coming out under this Sukasa umbrella right and so it was even when we realized people really missed our food because some of the highest selling thing under Tsukasa during the lockdown was guacamole, pico de gallo, whatever meat we had left mm. you know and I'm so grateful you know I'm so grateful to have these two people that worked with me through this whole thing you know shamelessly and 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 six months later seven months later you know here we are you know so when you when I think about you know who owns the company man you think about people that saved the company you know and and everybody that saved the company still with me till today you know so yeah we, we pivoted and all the ideas that we, we pivoted and we realized like, yo, we don't have to wait five years for a lot of our ideas. Like we just really exactly. need to get going on these ideas and grow them the way we grew El exactly. Wow. I, I just, I'm
0: sorry. I, I'm sorry, man. I just, I, I just, I just love the conversation. I just have so many questions for Uzo. I'm sorry. It's fine, man. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> but, uh um, but just, just a quick one, Uzo. Um, so, and I think something we haven't even said enough on, on this conversation, the fact that um, is the kind of following, the cult following, in a good way, the cult following that El Padrino has. Like, it's ridiculous. Like, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I, I was, <laughs> it's crazy. Like, I was, and you, you probably remember, but I, I actually came to one of your Taco Tuesdays when I was in Nigeria. in oh, December 2018. Yeah, and I can have a about to pick you oh. because I didn't get food. Um, but, oh, <laughs> <wow>. <laughs> but it was it was my fault. It was my fault. I think I was like 20 30 minutes late, and the food was completely gone. And that that kind of makes a lot of sense because folks
1: literally come out for those type of Tuesdays. Um, oh yeah, I remember. I remember. remember? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I brought you. I think I told I you knew. about it that he came. Exactly. Oh yeah, exactly. everybody back. That was the way to impress your friends. Exactly. Hey, talk to you today, man. Exactly. 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 <laughs>
2: no, that man, it's cr- it's so funny. That's so funny because it's like some people are gonna listen to this and be like, "Dang!" So even in 2018, they still didn't have enough food. <laughs> 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 oh my gosh.
0: No, that just I'm 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 honest, no. That, that just explains. Like, I, I'm just trying to highlight like the kind of following El Padrino has. Like, it's not like it's not just something small like it's really like it's it's a real thing um well i'm I'm just curious what was the what was the light bulb moment for you? like what was that what was the like when did you know that dang like really have something you like then like this is a real thing like when did that really click for you
2: man um I think it was so I've always grown communities, my, my business in, in LA, you know, I, I grew that with my friends, right. And so I know the power of, um, of having people, you know, that mess with your stuff, you know, and, and believe in it, right. But there's also a consequence, you got to show up, like, you can't just, you know, sell people crap and expect them to show up. Right, and um, yeah. but I think for for me, like I, my first two or three sacrifices were all right. Like you know, I had anybody that I knew in Nigeria, I forced them to come out. Right, you can mm-hmm. only really do that two or three times, and I, that's what a lot of people don't realize when they're building things. Right, mm-hmm. people build things, and they're like, of course, I have friends and family. Um, but you know, I learned at a young age that your friends and family will only support you at a certain extent, exactly. and you gotta start bringing your you know random people in. So I think after the second or third Taco Tuesday, we were down to like three people at each pop-up, right? But um, we persisted. I never missed the Taco Tuesday. Even if there was one person that would come, you know, I never missed the Taco Tuesday. And I remember when Edosa came, you know, it, it was, Edosa came quite early. Like, he probably came, like, yeah. I don't even know, maybe the third or the fourth Man, Taco Tuesday, so, 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 you I mean, know? So, so, and so, so, this is a guy so, so, where... So, so, so,
1: I'm sorry, I'm sorry if, I, if I cut you off right there. I'm so sorry. But I just had to point to that as well. Cause I remember I came in very early as well. That was when I first moved back as well. So I was really, like, bored, lonely and stuff like that. I think I saw you guys try an Instagram ad. I saw, like, three or four people. Yep. And even on the ad, uh, yep. uh, no, on my Instagram yep. timeline. And I was like, damn, they're talking to each other, man. Like, I mean, like, I have to go there. I have to go talk to people. Like, that's how lonely I was. And I was like, oh, yeah, sure. So I yeah. drove down there and started going for Taco Tuesday. And I remember, like, even if we were three or four, we still always had the best freaking time. So just, just, it hard exactly. talk to you for that. And, yeah, I'll never forget that as well. It-
2: no no exactly right and that's that's i mean you know that's one of those things that i learned from jay-z you know i remember i used to (laughs) watch uh no seriously i remember watching the jay-z and lincoln park you know concert thing very young and i remember jay-z coming out one day when you know and he was like you could have been anywhere in the world you know but you and i remember just being like damn why is he so like thank you for being here why are you being so modest you know and um for (laughs) me you know i didn't have i left here very young i didn't have a lot of childhood I probably came back To two or three Childhood friends That I came, came in contact with And they were all In the mainland You know So I didn't have friends I liked to talk And I just created An environment That I wanted to be at You know And that environment Was talking I remember When a lot of the Higher chefs Started coming You know To the Taco Tuesday I remember one of them I yeah. went to his dinner You know And after the dinner He was like You know He said something like uh, Well you know That's not really How we talk At the dinner table You know And I just remember Thinking like Dang But like My dinner table was all about people talking you know <laughs> and so um I think the light bulb moment for me was actually January 2018 this is probably around the same time that Edosa came no, no 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 Edosa came before this but it was probably this January 2018 and it was our first Taco Tuesday and maybe there was like 12 or 13 people and I don't know what conversation came up but the conversation came up and there were all these strangers like nobody came with it like plus one person you know it was like all these strangers and we were going so hard uh, on this conversation the like the whole yeah. building shook you know pe- people were picking out the windows those of you were definitely <laughs> there my older brother was there actually my older brother was there and he was you know part of the people that was driving this conversation and I just remember thinking what the fuck is going on, you know, and I was like, I remember making content out of that. And the next Taco Tuesday, I put up that content, which is, you know, I put up the content with all the shouting, it looked like people were fighting, like, and Mm. I remember my older, my older sister sent me the link, and she was like, what is going on here? You know, and I was just like, bro, like these people came to eat, and this is what happened. And after that, all of 2018 was probably like, you know, the most beautiful thing. It was just people were coming to this space. We were arguing. So so the light bulb moment for me was when, you know, we went from that three or four people just having these conversations who were lonely in Lagos and didn't really know anyone, to like 10 or 15 people who either grew up here or were lonely arguing their thoughts. And then everyone would just leave with like hugs. It would be like, yo, I hate your guts, but like, see you next week. You know, <laughs> it was like, okay, you know, we can do this, in, we can do this in Nigeria, because anywhere else, anywhere else that I went to up until that point, there was a heavy sense of being pretentious, and I'm not used to that, mm. you know, and so I couldn't have these fake conversations, and I, and then people like, if you look at an Edosa, right, he's, he's back in Nigeria, without, uh-huh. you know, the friends that he's been with for whatever years in America, right, mm. but he's used to like, you know, he has no other option but to be himself, right? And whoever it is that's gonna attract that energy, you know, he's gonna come back for. It. And that's all we just did, you know. We did that for a year until 2019, where it was like, yo, there are 70 people here shouting and sweating because there's no fan and we're in a hallway, and this is not even a restaurant, you know, and so uh so we moved to the location that we are now. But yeah, and that was it.
0: Uh, so <laughs> yeah so you kind of mentioned uh you kind of mentioned so it looks like when a Padrino fest really launched right I mean, there might have been a a little problem with providing enough um food for for your guests um is that something that's been solved
1: now
2: <laughs> Why you gotta call me out like that, Debra? Uh, like
1: <laughs> no, no I just don't visit personal, man. No, that no, was, no, no, that no, no.
2: Was no. like, um, <laughs> I want to know how much you have learned. <laughs> well, let me just let me just tell you something real quick, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a capacity. You're gonna
1: give a Google review.
2: <laughs> no, right? Exactly. Exactly. I promise, that was like.
0: I, I, I promise, it's not personal. I, I promise, it's not personal.
2: Right? Right? That was like no. Three years later, here we are. (laughs) Um, No, no, no. It's no, Because I I love this question, actually. I love it because it's a question that, you know, a lot of people have looked at me and said, you don't know business because, you know, Mm -hmm. you can't figure out a way to, like, you know, help all these people. And um, I've actually come to terms with it because, and this is why we have something called the El Padrino Manifesto. Um, We post it every Tuesday just to remind people, you know, what what it means to be a part of this El Padrino community. And the first thing on that manifesto is that, we don't is that we have food till sold out and the yeah, reason we have food,
1: till sold out yeah exactly
2: tangled. and and the and the reason we have it till sold out is because yo right now where we are we are making everything from scratch fresh with the space that we have with the space that we, and I've learned this now at, you know, nine people capacity with the space that we have, we physically cannot produce anymore. Like we're at the point where the restaurant that I'm at right now is offering to build me a kitchen for Taco Mm -hmm. Tuesday. Right. Because it's like, we can't do more than we, you know, which is why you asked the question, where are you guys now? And I said, we're ready Mm -hmm. to grow. We need a restaurant. Mm -hmm. Because how much tomatoes can you really like save in a kitchen that is 12 feet? you know yeah. how much to make, and when you need tomatoes when you need to buy tomatoes you know that and make sure that tomatoes are fresh every two days or every three days how much meat can you cook when you only have a four burner you know when mm-hmm. you also need to cook beans when you also need to cook you know zobo when you also need to cook so many things so we're not there yet we haven't solved that problem um but i will tell people that our next you know two quarters is absolutely dedicated because at this point, we don't, we're not the owners of El Pedrino. Our community owns El Pedrino. People mm-hmm. are mad at us now because they're like, this is not making any sense. You guys mm-hmm. need to solve this problem. So we are at the point where our only goal is to grow and to stay consistent. So give us the next two quarters and mm-hmm. uh, well, maybe sooner, but I, I, I guarantee you that we're going to solve that problem. We will get to a point where, and honestly, I can't even guarantee you if we go to a restaurant, if we're not going to sell out because mm-hmm. these processes take time. Do you know what I'm saying? So maybe mm-hmm. we'll go from serving 100 to 300 people, you know, and then that'll be it. And if anyone doesn't think that you can scale a company like that, I would dare the person to look up Franklin's barbecue. Um, and when I was younger, I thought this guy was stupid because he would sell out of barbecue every day by 2 p.m. Mm-hmm. And when I went to Texas, I was like, I don't understand how you're going to be selling out at 2 p.m. Um, Mm -hmm. Fast forward, six years later, I'm like, oh, Franklin, I get it. You know, like, you can't make your brisket any faster. It needs 14 Mm -hmm. to 24 hours to cook. So how much can Mm -hmm. you really cook when your brisket needs 14 to 24 hours? You know? so um and this is why sukasa is so important this is why we don't mind selling our software to people we're like yo make these tacos at home you know our mango salsa we shared the recipe we're like yo Mm. make this mango salsa at home you know what i'm saying like let's send you a diy kit and you make your own taco tuesday at home you know so we are finding other ways to kind of like optimize our sales for taco tuesday without cutting corners
0: so just just, just something I want to highlight, um, and I, I'm going to say this again, right? It's, I, I feel like those who listen to this call have to, um, they they, they literally have to be in Nigeria and experience and get that all-pain experience because I like I was there in 2018 and it was unbelievable. Like I had so much fun that day, and that just shows the kind of community built so far um and the, the whole food thing it's definitely gonna be resolved I, I don't think it's a big i i feel like you you've already solved the hardest part which is proving the market need right i mean like you've already you've already shown that there's a need for this you've already shown that there's a customer base so now it's just all about scaling like yeah. you said um and that's that's the part that you're just gonna that that's just gonna happen as you get the capital like like, like you already mentioned um but yeah I'm just this is yeah. all that I, I'm honestly like, I really, really, I, I really think you have something great here. Like, I really do think you have something great here. Um, is, have you,
2: have yeah, you thought, Thank you. Thank is you. Is that,
0: is there, a, so I'm I'm thinking of El Padrino, Sukasa. I can see the, I guess, I can see the direct correlation. I mean, it's literally the same, uh, it's one of the same of industry. Is there, are there plans for, El Padrino and um, Experience Lagos to kind of collaborate something. yeah like I mean is, is that something you've thought about at some point like how, how can Experience Lagos um, or how how can how we capitalize on the um, on the on the customer base we have within Experience Lagos to help grow um, El Padrino and vice versa is that, is that something that's in the works oh. that,
1: yeah, yeah. So is it a yeah. doubt or is it something that is better left to run separately so as bench yeah. eventual? How do you see
2: it? Yeah, hello?
1: Yeah, I can you hear yeah, you. Yeah, where are you? All
2: right, sorry. Okay, sorry, you guys are breaking up a little bit. That's why. Um, I, but I heard the question though, and you know, it, this whole is it, oh, hold on, guys, I think I have my Wi Fi back.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay.
2: I'm sorry for this uh, little no, thing, but fine. I need to get this Wi-Fi so I can hear you better. We'll
1: take a, uh, take a break. break oh, up okay.
2: Perfect. Okay. No, no. Sorry. Perfect. I, I actually was, it was breaking up when he, we were asking the last question. I can hear you better now. Okay. Um, okay sweet. Oh, perfect. This is so, so perfect. Okay. D- so.
0: D- uh, Do you want to ask the question again heard- or did you get the question?
2: No, I got the question. Okay. Oh, no, where, okay. Is there, is that is there going to be, you know, a unification between yeah. ideas with EXP and El Padrino? Exactly. Um, I think I think the unification, like you said, you know, they're both at ad- the ad- fundamentally they're both trying to do the same thing, mm-hmm. right? Use something as a vessel to bring people together. Mm-hmm. Um, El Padrino does that with food, and EXP does that, you know, with uh, with transportation. We started off, you know, doing EXP. Actually, you know, the meetup location would be at El Padrino, right? There's a lot of benefits that comes from having your own space, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, over time you Know we would probably have the buses, you know, um, being you know, we would probably have an El Padrino pop up, maybe to start off the nights, you know, um, for exp, but it, it's quite different. I think the unification between those two businesses is uh, the intellectual property, which is you know, b- fundamentally, I'm behind it. So, mm-hmm. a lot of things, um, with the way the businesses grow, you know, being organic, um, taking our time with things, um, I think that's where the unification will come, but for right now. They're, they're quite separate you know they're just they're, they're quite separate um there's no you know el- if el pedrino would like to sponsor an exp bus el pedrino will pay you know it's okay. not um yeah, El Padrino is not, you know, the shareholding um, uh, entity in EXP. It's me as a person. But I think, you know, there's a lot of crossover generally with how both businesses are run. Um, but I don't, I don't really know if they necessarily need to go hand in hand. Um, but we'll see. Who knows? You know, like I said, I, I tell people, you know, I originally came here to introduce Nigeria to mm. um, a new cuisine. And now I am making it more accessible to take Nigerian produce worldwide.
0: Gotcha.
1: Exactly. So so, so so, right now, you're saying worldwide, right? And um, I'm, I'm not greedy. I'm jealous, right? So we have El Pagino Lagos. We may have El Pagino Kali, is what you're yes. hinting. Um, are we going to see El Pagino Abuja, El Pagino Ghana? Mm. And how, how would that... Because um, you've done so much in building such a very complex and beautiful on the exterior mm. um, structure and culture. How can we... How are we... Thinking of exporting that, moving that around states or around countries, um, yeah,
2: yeah. No, thank thank you for saying that. Um, I think that's where you know my experience in Chick Fil A comes in, and and you know just my background of slowly but surely. Um, yeah. I'm not. You know, we haven't gotten a restaurant not because we haven't been offered money, right? It's just taking our time um, to make sure that we're building something that's sustainable. So. I will tell you that there will be an El Padrino at every single one of those locations, right? But Let's go. Let's
1: it might go. take the
2: next seven years. You know what I'm saying? Like People love to hear somebody say, oh my gosh, I wanna do all of those things and it's gonna happen in three years. Like none of that's gonna happen in three years. That's gonna mm-hmm. happen in seven years, right? Like if I want to figure out a way to, um, and, and, and there's a model we've created. There's a model we've created for figuring out you know, where is the next best place to open up an El Padrino. I realized that it was the best, you know, best place to do a, a taco tour was California. Why was that? A, um, people already know the product. B, I have a little bit of a, uh, of a community out there and C, there was a demand. I kept getting messages that was like, we want to eat your food. We want to eat your food. We want to eat your food. So it's not that we're going to California to prove something to anybody. We're going to California based on demand. Right. And so, you know, when, we've been hearing people say, hey, come to Abuja, come to Abuja. Now, how do you figure out, Abuja is lucky, they have some Mexican food cuisine out there, they have a good food scene out there. Well, how do you figure out if this El Padrino community will survive in Abuja? They might not even be, you know, they might not be ready for an environment that is, you know, free-spirited, you know, they are not. They might not be mm. ready for that kind of environment, you know, and so mm. maybe you take a couple pop-ups to Abuja first and see how they react to that. Maybe you move around Abuja a little bit, you know, so um, there will be an El Padrino everywhere. We didn't come here to be local champions, right? I really want to make my city proud. I really want to make my hometown proud. Um, And I really want to make my family proud. But it was never to come here and start a business, you know, for only this country. It was here to start a business from this country and then export it everywhere else. And we're going to take our time. Because like you said, right? How do you then create this idea of a community right like without mm-hmm. you being there it's going to california spending some time out there doing these pop ups showing people that like yo this is about the food and the emotion and the vibes mm-hmm. and and this you know and the growth and then mm-hmm. leaving that there and then maybe going to Accra and then doing a couple pop-ups and you know connecting people and people just feel like anywhere that they go they have a padrino to commute to to, to um to connect with you yeah, know and it's so heavy exactly. it's, it's so it's so heavy before this call actually the call i was on the dose i you were calling me was actually with one of our padrinos who is seriously considering going to la for these pop-ups like that gives me chills to say you know this guy is going to leave and there's a few people that are like yo i'm actually yo i was thinking about going to america maybe i'll come to california for this pop-up they eat the food Uh, in nigeria they eat the food in nigeria and you'll probably will not be any better in America than it would be here. But you know, this is not my company, this is our company. So for them, they're like, let's go see who deserves to eat this taco, you know? And that is all I want to do. I want to go to America and do the same thing so that, you know, even when the day comes that we're opening up this restaurant in London, people in America are like, nah, all the London folks, y'all got to show out, you know? And so that, that's just, you know, the, El Pedrino might be a company that is started by its customers. <laughs> like, it might be a company that is like literally like raises capital from within, from the people that understand the culture, understand the vision, and love the food. So that's, uh, that's, that's just, and wherever it takes us in the world, we're going to go.
1: I like that. I like that because for two things, right? Um, we grew up a lot seeing local companies, like Nigerian companies, start and end here. Mm-hmm. And we also grew up, and now, like with young startup founders, we see everybody thinking about Nigerian solutions, which is great because it's a unique solution for sure. But I like seeing entrepreneurs being global in their solution. Oh, I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. because that has to do with being proud of your work. So when we see mm-hmm. Twitter or Facebook, these guys didn't say, I want to build just for my neighborhood. and they, you know, from the beginning, you have that pride in what you do that you believe that mm-hmm. it's global. Or put differently, from the jump, U.S. companies end up becoming global. Just okay, like U.S. Suddenly, U.S. is global, yes, it's worldwide. Yes, you get so that whole that whole thinking like why why do we all make that whole global stuff such a big deal? We we have to ingrain it in ourselves that your products can literally and should be from the jump um, universal in that sense. Well, yeah, so yeah, I, it- I love that. Um, as as I, I saw the flyer as well, I was like, man. That LA ticket is really looking juicy right now. (laughs) No,
2: no, it's crazy. Me and this guy, you know, it's true. It's crazy. Like, me and this guy literally just planned like a four day trip, you know, and it's so heavy, you know, because. Out of that four-day trip, I'm going to set one day aside to show him a good time, you know? And yeah. it's, I'm so happy. Like, I have people waiting for me out there, but now yeah. I'm most excited to, to be in L.A. with this guy, you know? Like, all of a sudden, this trip is, like, changing for me, you know? And yeah. I think just to, just to really highlight this thing of, like, you know, building globally, right? And I, this is why, even with all the chaos um, happening in Nigeria, I am mm-hmm. still so excited to be in Nigeria. And maybe I've drank too much of the Kool-Aid, but I, I just... <laughs> The, the, no 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 seriously because like realistically right like it no matter where you are in the world mm-hmm. right if you build something with the end with the intention to achieve excellence mm-hmm. it don't matter where you are exactly. it doesn't matter where you are that's why a korean movie can win an oscar you know mm-hmm. because it's like yo it's like you you made a movie not just On whatever Korean standard there is, you made a movie on a global level. And I don't think it's nice enough to just say, oh, like you said, Americans have the unfair advantage of whatever is produced there is automatically, you know, assumed global, especially, you know, Americans of a certain color, right? But I think, again, I I came to Nigeria with that mindset of like, because even in America, people kept asking me then, you know, so you're not gonna come back to america and i was like yo just because i'm starting a business in nigeria doesn't mean it ends in nigeria you know that's why we don't cut corners that's why mexicans in nigeria eat our food we, we did a thanksgiving dinner for a mexican family two years ago you know and it's like i'm sure they could have made this food better than we did right but there's a certain level yeah. of like effort that we give our food mm-hmm. that man I dare you know I dare you to put in that much effort and that much love and that much respect for your food you know and for your for your guests you know and so on any level I want my customer service to compete globally I want my product to compete globally I want my brand to compete globally I want my guests to compete globally you know so I think people that are going to win anything long term mm-hmm. in any of these developing countries right anyone that's going to win globally is going to be like someone that did things chasing excellence and when you're chasing excellence then you're not obsessed with growth, you right? You're like mm. you know the growth will come because you just have to keep being excellent. Exactly, you know? exactly, exactly.
1: We're well so, said. So well for, said.
0: So for so um, for um for those in the US who who really want to be or who, who want to get this snippet of the El padre experience, how do they um how do they get to the to this event in California? Where did you get more information?
2: Yeah. So we just, uh, (laughs) we just released our, um, we just released our, uh, you know, um, what's it called? Save the dates. Um, Next week I will be releasing more specific locations. Um, Mm -hmm. I was really just waiting for today because today is going to be like the official day that, you know, Gavin Newsom really opens up California. They're going to open up everything Mm -hmm. after COVID. Um, So, you know, to be more respectful to even the businesses that, you know, are partnering with us, we were going to wait till California opened up to give more details. Um, So yeah, by next week, We're going to put more locations. I'll be in Santa Monica, um, close to Venice. Uh, Very nice location, Santa Monica Boulevard on the 6th. Um, I'll be in Long Beach on the 13th on 2nd Street, which is, you. you know, 2nd Street is like you know the mini you know i would i would say the mini rodeo drive of mm. long beach you know and then yeah, on the yeah. 17th 17th i'm at bluff park bluff park is literally um it's actually going to be my friend is doing the yoga session in front of the beach and we're going to be serving food in front of the beach and it, these are all places that are very nostalgic to me because this is where i grew up um and then we have san francisco on the 20th and it's very organic it's actually at one of my friends and my brother's best friend's backyard um i'm collaborating with a few other food people out there. Um, the okay. one on 2nd Street is actually at my friend's bakery. So it's gonna be really cool. There's one more date that I... I it's, it's, there's one more date I'm looking to add. Um, we had... It's a very dope place in Long Beach. I can't give anything of it away, but um, once I confirm that, it's gonna be game over. So there's about five <laughs> dates we're looking at, three of them. It's, it's, it's heavy. Like, I, a few friends that I've hinted at about it with, like, they've lost it, you know? So oh, wow. um, okay. three dates in okay. Long Beach. It's Long Beach though, it's Long Beach. You gotta be from Long Beach to get excited. Like, it's like, it would be like, I, I, I don't know if you know San Francisco well enough, but you know, this location in Long Beach would be considered like the hate of, the hate of San Francisco. Like a very hipster location, it's very oh, wow. beautiful. Okay. Um, yeah so but we we, they already actually they're they're very excited um it would just be figuring out if the dates can be in july so um we have yeah we have those four dates la three and two in long beach potentially a third one and then one in san francisco so if you're out in california from the 6th to the 20th hit your girl up there you go
0: there you go and where can they
2: find you because that's where i post all the flyers and the logos and stuff like that
1: but where, where can they find you? Um on social media? El yeah. Padrino on Instagram. That's, that's your Instagram handle, right? just El Padrino.
2: No, dot NG Unfortunately, we're not that's the only El Padrino anything in the world, but don't worry, we're coming for ya. <laughs> we're coming for all ya.
0: And just one more question on my part, because I, I know we might might have to round up some just due to time. Um, so for for those who've been for those who are who eventually invest in. El Padrino um would would they would they be getting just El Padrino or is it both El Padrino and Sukasa is, is that one big business or, or are they two separate
2: entities Dang now we got to get in the boardroom um <laughs> <laughs> No, no, right now, you know, right now, I would say that right now they are being run as two separate entities, but that's because Sukasa is a pre startup, right? Um, And so, you know, I have different stages and all that. Yeah, different stages and all, you know, and you mm-hmm. don't want to kind of put that burden. If I, if I put that burden on El Pagino right now, then we would have to go hard on it, right? Because mm. it, would, it wouldn't make any sense. Um, yeah. So right now, they are separate entities. But I, I do believe that, you know, over time, there will be definitely like some unification because they, they, they both go hand in hand. I believe that um, Sukasa will be the one to sell the software that El Pagino produces.
0: Gotcha. And, and that's more like... Okay, no, 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 let me just let me just we'll have to have a conversation outside of the podcast. No, no,
2: no. Say it, <laughs> though, say it Because
0: now because now you got everyone excited. You gotta ask that last <laughs> day, <you gotta> ask <laughs> No, no, I, I just No, I just I, I I think Sukasa it's a really dope concept. I I just I, I think it's a really dope concept. Um and that's going to be um how do I how do I word this? It's kind of like an open software, right? I mean it's not I mean it's just yes. something that you just open to anyone, right? It's not like restricted
2: to a certain group okay okay yes so and 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 okay to to put it this way i think that um i think i say that our mission right now and our vision um is to build a global community and to make nigerian produce accessible um Mm -hmm. using mexican food as a vessel Right. So when you look at that vision of building that global community and also, you know, um, making Nigerian food more accessible, um, then you know that those two really much tie into Sukasa, even though that's an El Padrino vision, right? Mm. Um and then the Mexican vessel is El Padrino, right? So um I do believe that those two will come under the same umbrella because they both serve the same ecosystem and the same purpose it's not the same as exp and el padrino mm-hmm. el padrino and sukasa are literally siblings um mm-hmm. but it's realizing you know do you want to go in bed with your sibling or do you want to run this you know separately you can choose to you know be an Elon musk and do a tesla you know versus mm-hmm. a spacex or you can do a Dave bezos and everything is run under amazon mm-hmm. none of those ideas are none of those none of those w- approaches are bad it's just I don't think that at this stage, we need to make that decision. Um, and again, mm-hmm. this is something that I think will also be cleared up in the next two quarters.
0: Okay. And that that's, that, that's at a solid, solid explanation. Um, yeah. Ed, Edosa, do you... I, I'm, honestly, I can... I, I just have to respect your time, if not, I'll do. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I, I literally, like, have a whole day conversation. Um,
2: no, don't worry. We'll 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 talk offline. We'll talk we'll, offline. We'll talk good offline. We'll
0: talk <laughs> offline. And and it's it's good to have this conversation because I'm, we're we're shedding light on what you have going on. And the problem now is a lot of times, folks, especially Africans in diaspora, don't get to um know what's going on back home. It's kind of like I mean, they always have they always have this narrative that stuff is going on. I mean, businesses are booming, folks are investing, but they don't even know what what exactly is going on. And what they're getting now is yeah. they're getting to here's someone who's on ground who took a big risk to move back home and launch a business um share what she's gone through share where her business is right now and how she plans to um grow rapidly in the, in the next few years so now they're going to get the opportunity to say you know what hey i like what you're doing here how do i invest in your company so it's it, it, it's it's great that we have this conversation and it's great that you are opening this up to folks who want to invest in you. So I I like that. Thank you very much.
2: My absolute pleasure. My absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I was very excited by the way you guys crafted your questions. Um, You know, I I really appreciate that because as you know, you both mentioned what we are designing is a bit complex and Mm -hmm. for people to kind of, you know, respect that complexity um and and make it easy for me to structure my thoughts um i really appreciate i hope these answers were you know good enough for your your listeners um but you know anybody it's can it's good for themselves to- we
1: should have charged them, shall I charge them, for them?
2: <laughs> <laughs> you're right you're right no but thank you guys so much for having me i really appreciate um you know dakwa i don't know yeah. you too well but edosa is a guy who you know i think um I think he's going to do a lot of great things because Edosa is the guy that sees things early enough. Mm -hmm. Edosa, you know, sees a lot of potential. I I feel like Edosa's whole life is seeing potential in people, you know, (laughs) which is quite exciting to have somebody like that in your corner. And, um, you know, through all the years, he's kind of supported us and literally supported us in in ways that people cannot even imagine in in terms of even giving me his time, giving me some advice. So Mm. to kind of be on this platform with Edosa is something that I don't take lightly at all. And I really appreciate, you know, you guys having me. So thank you very much.
1: No, hey, no problem. You. My head is literally thank swelling you. right now. But also, so before <laughs> you run off, I'm going to ask one last. No, actually I'm going to ask one question, and that was going to round off our, our, our typical question we ask everyone, right? Um, but my brief question before that is, um, we we talked to a lot. We talk a lot. We talk to a lot of entrepreneurs, right? And most of them are always in the tech space. So that's why I was very mm-hmm. interested in having you here, um, because you're non-tech, right? And tech gets all the buzz, I think, as far as fundraising and stuff like that. Mm-hmm um what's your i know you haven't you don't raise much i mean you guys have been doing very good on your own as of now but what's your what's your kind of if you could give a feedback to investors as far as deciphering and understanding non-tech businesses in nigeria and hopefully your feedback probably uplifts other non-tech entrepreneurs and like yeah who's really speaking for us right now she's oh my god ah <laughs> uh,
2: oh my god oh my god um I just, you have to give me a second because actually, um, wow, that was such a heavy question. Um, this is actually, oh my God, this is so heavy. This is actually exactly where I am right now as a human being. Um, because you know, I, I just had this conversation last week, Saturday with two investors in the corporate space, but they're, you know, they're, they're mentors and friends. Um, when I was Moving back to Nigeria in 2017, I remember the last brunch I had. My brother is in the tech space. He's a software engineer. And we went to a really nice restaurant that I enjoy. And my brother always told me, he said, you know, 90% of restaurants fail their first year. Like restaurants is not a sustainable business. Over time, people will, you know, people won't care about this service. People won't care about this service. And These are the kind of arguments that get so heated, you know, that you start crying because somebody is questioning, you know, your purpose. Mm, And I remember all I kept telling my brother then, I was like, yo, I don't go to eat, you know, because I can't cook. I don't go to eat um, because, you know, I I can't do this at home. I go to eat for the experience. And people will always need that experience. People will always need that experience. And I said that to my brother for years, you know. And funny enough, you know, my brother is the person now who is like, yo, I am behind you. Anything you're trying to do. Mm -hmm. Um, the truth of the matter is sometimes you don't even know what you're building. Right. You get this urge, you get this, you know, you get this desire to create Mm -hmm. something and you feel crazy. Like I, I felt crazy since 2015 up until 2020, where it was like, what am I doing? Why, why am I choosing to do this? Right. Um, but, 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 I understood it, I couldn't articulate it. And, I, and now, I, now I say this to people with pride. I say, I might not be able to articulate this to you, but I get it. And sometimes, because tech is easy, right? Tech is code, 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 it comes out. And if it doesn't mm. come out, it's not gonna work, right? Yeah. Some, in food, in food, you know, in my space, it's not like that. It's a capital intensive business. It scares investors. Um, It's not a business that I generally advise people to go in, especially if they're not passionate about it. But if there's anything that I have learned from El Padrino, and I'm saying this to another person out there who has an idea that nobody gets, bro, people don't know what the fuck they're doing. And you have to understand that whatever it is that you're doing, if you get it, most of the time, that's all that matters. You know what I'm saying? Like you yeah. have to, I'm not gonna sit there and tell you that if your business is not growing, you know, keep pushing. That's, a, that's another conversation to be had with yourself. But mm-hmm. yo, there was a time where I would go a whole week and I would only have one order to deliver. And that time was not so far off. It was literally like <laughs> as far back as May, 2018. Online, yeah. nobody knew that. There was a time that we had only three people coming to Taco Tuesday. And I, my only job was to fucking figure out why these three people came and make sure that they had the best time. I got it. Nobody else gets it. Sure. My seed investors did not get it, right? Mm. And for a long time, they did not get it. And now I'm having people say, oh, I get it. But I, I I didn't know how to tell them the whole time. You just have to show people, man. Exactly. So tech has it yeah. easy. Tech has it easy. They 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 put you know zero plus zero one, something comes out. You put zero plus zero one, nobody buys it. But it's okay. It doesn't mean that zero plus zero one is not gonna sell. Mm-hmm. It yeah. might just mean that the way that you're selling it is not the way people wanna buy it. Buy it. Yeah. yeah. So please, man, just understand that, like, everyone is just going through life trying to figure it out. Mm. So if you're going to value somebody else's opinion above yours, then it's got to come with that data. If it doesn't Mm. come with data, if someone's just giving you their opinion, then understand that your opinion and their opinion is the same. You get to choose the one you want to go with.
1: Mm. Literally, literally. If I may add a disclaimer before, like, as the last question is that, when I when I invite friends to Taco Tuesday, I always used to tell them that one of my biggest regrets, once I moved back, was not being an early investor. You know, for Full disclaimer: no more humility. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I always tell them. That, yeah, when I'm gossiping, literally, that was it. <laughs> well, yeah, but that do you, to
2: you? Wait, wait, real quick though. I want to yeah. say though. But like, do you get that though? Like, you actually, you're saying this to your friends as far back as 2018. Mm. It's 2021. Yeah. Forget all this hype, bro. There's still people that don't see it. There are still people that don't see it. They come to Taco Tuesday and they're like, okay, it's cool that y'all got 75 people here, but what does that even mean for the business? And I just look at them and I'm like, bro, you don't have to get it. Because in in three years, even if it's 150 people here, you'll still say, okay, well, I don't see it. And you don't need those people to see it. You just need to focus on the edosas that see it. (laughs) That's all you need to focus on. I'm telling
1: you. I'm telling you. Yeah,
0: and before I jump into the last question, I I feel like, because... I'm a, I'm a, I feel like the hardest thing to do when, when you're launching a business or, or, or creating a solution is building a, building a, a fan base. Like, I feel like the moment you have a fan base, you solve one of the hardest problems. I don't I, I think folks really understand that. Like, you go back and look at like, the top companies today, the Netflix, the, the, the Teslas, the, like those companies, they all started off by having this crazy cult following and that's that's what i say about padrino and i know i said this earlier but i'm gonna say it again i feel like you have something really good like and it's you just you're all you just need just capital and folks will really start understanding what i'm talking about um but i'm i'm, I'm so excited for what you have going on and, and i've said this and i know we're still gonna have conversation offline um about about what you have going on, but I'm just so excited for what you have there. I really am, I truly Thank
2: am. you. Um, Thank you so much.
0: So so I, I guess I'll just go right off into our last question. You might, you might know this question already, you might not, but I'd like to ask, I guess, right, we've had this whole conversation, we've been serious, we've laughed here and there, but just just get your take on, I guess, how you are as a person and how you view companies in general. Um. And the question is if you had a chance to invest in just one company, just one company for the rest of your life, um, this company can't be El Padrino, it can't be Silcasa and it can't be <laughs> <laughs> and it can't be Experience Lagos, right? It can't be any of those companies. But if you had chance to invest in just one company for the rest of your life, what company would that be and why?
2: oh African man. Company. It has to be an African company? Yeah,
1: yes, yeah, African-based company. Yeah. African-based company.
2: Yes, oh yes. my gosh. Oh, that's harder. Because I, I immediately <laughs> just thought about I have a go-to.
1: That's
2: not fair. That's not fair. Uh, Whoa. Well, that's a that's a heavy one. That's a heavy one. An African-based company. Y'all threw that little curveball. Um. Hmm.
0: paystack wow wow okay 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 yeah it would be paystack why
2: paystack it would be paystack for so many layers um one is a company that took something very simple and chased it with excellence i admire that um two a company that is simple it's easy to use um it it's it empowers you to use it. I go to pay, sometimes I just type paystack.com and I'd be looking at my empty storefronts. Like I just mm. watch paystack commercials randomly, you know, like when they produce a new product and they make some video content, I, I you know, I, I, I love it. Um, mm. And also a company that understands its value. Uh, this is a company, so I think on those three levels, you know, one, um, the fact that it's an excellent product. Mm-hmm. Um, two, the fact that it's a simple product, which I I guess goes back to being an excellent product. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that they take care of their people because I know people that work there. Um, And then three, I think the biggest takeaway from Paystack for any entrepreneur in Nigeria is understanding your value. Like Mm -hmm. I said earlier, when you chase excellence, you will be, I think generally, you will be okay. I always tell people, I say, you know, if Paystack had gone to the CEO of Wema Bank and ask them for an investment of $200 million, that guy would have laughed mm. in your face. Mm. That guy would have laughed in your face. Why? Because at the point of that acquisition, I believe Wema Bank, um, I, I believe Paystack became more valuable than Wema Bank at that oh, wow. moment when, when Stripe bought them, yeah, right? Yeah, so wow. so what, you might go to a Wema Bank guy and he'll tell you you're not worth that. And it's not his fault. He only has $200 million to his name, right? So it's like he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't see your value because of his own reality. So a lot of Nigerian entrepreneurs will now take that, you know, they will now take that feedback Mm -hmm. and say, maybe he's right. Maybe I'm only worth like $2 million, you know, Mm -hmm. but these are the guys who spent five years, six years, whatever years saying, we're the Stripe for Africa. They acted like the Stripe for Africa and they got bought by the Stripe of Africa. That is the greatest entrepreneurship story in all of Nigeria, in my experience. And Mm -hmm. um, I, I love them so much. And I use them as a yardstick for what I strive to be. And you know what I think should inspire the next generation of Nigerian youth. Wow.
0: Wow. That was well, very well spoken. Very well spoken. I, I, that's, that's one of the best um, explanations we've had on why, why you picked that company. So thanks. Thanks for Thank really you. explaining that. Um,
2: Thank
1: you.
0: I, I think we're now, yeah, I think we're now at the end of this conversation. And that was our conversation with Uzo. Just FYI, the full tour will be in Santa Monica, California on July 6th, so it's not too late to book a ticket and get a taste of El Padrino. You can get more information about the event on the Instagram page at elpadrino.ng. Also, don't forget to like this podcast and provide some feedback, because it enables other individuals like you to get this on their feed. Before you close this, quickly follow us on Instagram at squad.co and LinkedIn at squad to stay up to date with events that we have coming up. Thank you once again for listening. It's been your host, Dapo, and I'll speak to you next time.